Hi everyone and welcome to the Digitize Diaries, your one-stop conversational platform for frank and open communication around the digitization process. Each episode we deep dive into examples, experience and learnings from experts in the field as well as expanding on our own journey so far. A safe environment to discuss the future of commerce and the role technology will play in it for your business. Now let's jump right in to the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Digitize Diaries. This is episode seven. My name is Wayne Denner. I'm one of your hosts on this journey. And as always, I'm delighted, delighted to be joined by my co-host, Barry Lee Cummins. Barry, how are you? I am very well, Wayne. Thank you very much for that introduction. As always, looking forward to our chat this uh, this week on this episode of the Digitized Diaries. Uh, how's everything with you at your end? Yeah, things are fantastic. As you know, Barry, I was over in Brussels for the past two weekends at the EU Citizens Panel. Uh, the first one that I was at, which was last weekend, uh, the weekend before actually, uh, was the EU Citizens Panel on the virtual worlds. Um, and it was Fascinating. There's 150 citizens from right across the EU who come together to create a series of recommendations. There was 23 in total, and it's the citizens having their input on any policy, any legislation uh, which comes into play in the future. And that input uh, and those recommendations that the citizens put forward is then included uh, at that point. So it was a really interesting weekend. I got to take part in a couple of tours. Uh, I got to go to an AR uh, company called XR Intelligence. No, XR, yeah, AR. XR Intelligence, they're actually called. And I got to visit their location in Brussels and see some of the, the pretty cool training tools that they're developing in and around using new technologies uh, such as VR to help educate people around fire safety, around driving safely on the roads. Uh, And there was even one where I got to put on the virtual headset and spot the cyber security risks in an office. Mm. So I had 60 seconds, Barry, to spot all of the different uh, cyber security risks on the desk. And you literally had to, you know, tap, tap, tap as you found one. And I think there were 10 in total that you had to get within 60 seconds. So it's really interesting to see the technology being used for training and development as well, because it's much, much more immersive. Very much so. Did you get all 10 of them in the 60 seconds out of interest? Do you know what? I'm going to be completely honest. I got Eight. <laughs> I got eight. Now, whenever I redid it, I got all of the ten. But you know, you you miss things like you know things that you think well that 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 can't be really much of a risk, and it actually was. So you did have to spend a little bit of time scanning the room uh, and scanning the desk and just making sure you were aware of where everything was. There were things like you know, like your computer left unlocked, obviously, mm-hmm. um, a memory pen left on the desk. Uh, there was a confidential file left on the desk. And there was there were other bits and pieces that, you know, you really had to think about, could, you know, could that be a cybersecurity risk? So it was really interesting to see, you know, how you can um, play through that scenario uh, and you have a, have a time limit 
uh, in order to be able to uh, guess them all. But it was fantastic. And then one of the other experiments that I had to take part in was um, actually putting out a fire, uh, choosing the right fire extinguisher, and then, you know, um, pulling the pin out of the fire extinguisher and, and spraying the foam onto the fire. So it was fantastic. And again, all virtual. So instead mm-hmm. of sitting down and actually watching a video, which is very passive, you were actually getting involved in it. So yeah. that was a, a fantastic. Fully immersed. Yeah, fully immersed. Yeah, really, really cool. So it's interesting to see all of this new technology starting to become so much part of the training and development experience. And, you know, you know, and I know from our days of delivering training, you're always looking for ways to make to make it a little bit more interactive and to make it a little bit more immersive. And I think that's a, a fantastic example of the use of um, technology. So that was one of the trips that I was on as part of the EU Citizens Panel Virtual Worlds. And then on the Sunday, we got to hear of all the recommendations that the citizens right across the Europe were putting forward. And there were 23 uh, recommendations in total, um, everything from how do we police the metaverse uh, and the virtual worlds? Do we have a police force that's responsible for cross-border restriction? How do we train our teachers? Uh, which is one that's very, very important for you and I in relation to the work that we do in schools around online safety. How do we upskill our teachers with continuous professional development to ensure that they then can deliver current and up-to-date training in the classroom when it comes to things like online safety and those sorts of key areas which are so important. And then last week I was back over for the EU Citizens Panel on Learning Mobility Uh, and that was fascinating again, another 21 recommendations. So a real interesting two weeks uh, but really focusing on what we like to talk about in this podcast, the, uh, the technology of the digital transformation that's touching so many uh, different aspects of our society. Definitely, yeah. I know it was really, really interesting to see some of the stuff that you're putting out there on your Instagram and LinkedIn whilst you were there because it is fascinating. And even your point there of, you know, we're, we're heavily involved in in cyber cyber safety, cyber security, digitization, is that when you're put into a, a, a certain position and uh, put on the spot, sometimes even the most knowledgeable miss something and this is where i think like you said the, the technology being pushed into the the training world um is, is really a, a huge positive um but it's also as you said we we like to talk about both sides of the coin here and, and what we wanted to kind of get into today was um linked to that cyber security and cyber safety stuff that we do in the schools and and as you just mentioned there you know how do we keep training how do we keep teachers up to date with what's going on and whatnot? Well, part of that is the the, the race of, of everybody and everything, it appears right now, uh, to get involved with um, some element of digital transformation. And that uh, most topical one at the moment is artificial intelligence. And um, we wanted to talk today a little bit about that. And uh, based on your, you know, the last two weekends in Brussels and all the learning that you did, and then as you came back and something cropped up on our radar, and it was the the introduction of um, an AI bot into Snapchat. Now, this is particularly topical for you and I, because obviously Snapchat is one of those channels that is um, constantly uh, at the, uh, the the tip of the tongue of, of mums and dads uh, when it comes to the safety of their children. And when we go into schools, we talk to, to students, you know, Snapchat and TikTok are pretty much the, the two channels that they are, they're their preferred weapons of choice, if you like, <laughs> um, in terms of their where, where they spend some time. Um, did you want to to sort of outline a little bit of that? Because for a lot of people that was contacting myself and you, we had parents parents and teachers saying, hey, um, did you know I've just opened my Snapchat this morning and there's this weird thing there. It looks like an AI bot. Do you want to just explain a little bit further about what actually happened there, Wayne? 
Yeah, it was really interesting because I'd heard that Snapchat was starting to roll out some form of chatbot, but it hadn't actually appeared on on my device or on my Snapchat mm. account just as yet. And then and then it popped up, just like you said. Um, and I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. Uh, let me go in and have a little bit of a play around with it. Um, so again, I was I was kind of asking its que- questions and then I was doing a little bit more digging around online to see what was actually in behind it. Uh, and then that became apparent that it is using ChatGPT um, mm-hmm. as its sort of framework, if you like, uh, to, to, to return the responses. So anybody who's played around with Snapchat or... or <laughs> <laughs> Chat GPT, uh, nuts, uh, and, and Snapchat will will sort of realise how how it kind of works and the technology in behind it. But I suppose what what initially sort of raised alarm bells in my mind was that I have ghost mode turned on on Snapchat, and I went into the uh, my AI and I asked it a couple of questions and I said, "Can you tell me your my location?" And literally within a couple of seconds, it pinged back and it said, "Your location is such and such." And I thought, hmm, that's quite interesting. I thought if you have ghost mode turned on, then it shouldn't be sharing your location. So I kind of, I kind of popped this up on Facebook to, as a post to, to, to raise awareness to parents, and and the post actually exploded with mm. uh, many people really starting to chime in uh, in relation to to the particular um, concerns that they had about it. Now, some people pointed out the obvious that, well, you know, um, you need to actually go into your Snapchat settings uh, and turn off location to prevent that from happening. Um, and, 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 and that's a fair point. Um, but I, I actually thought from my perspective, if you turn on that ghost mode on Snapchat, then it's not able to track your location um, or share your location. And I kind of wondered then, well, where is that actually stored and maybe who has access to that in the future? So I was starting to ponder over all of these questions. Then some people were saying that, well, actually, you can't turn it off. So mm-hmm. it used to be that uh, with Snapchat Plus, um, that you paid, um, I think it was thirty four ninety nine a year for a subscription. You get access to this My AI, but you can actually then turn it off. So now that they've rolled it out globally, Barry, you, you can't actually turn it off unless you unless pay. You the pay. Th- unless you pay. <laughs> and a lot of, interesting enough, young people have saying they, they don't want to use it and they want to turn it off, and, but they can't turn it off. And it's it's now permanently a fixture in their, um, in their Snapchat account. So the, that, that was my initial sort of, you know, experience with it. And, and, and then some people started to say about, you know, some of the questions that they were asking it, some of the responses that it was generating. Um, and we were starting to see then some of the misuse um, mm-hmm. of this type of technology, which we talked about previously in one of our episodes. And, you know, again, misinformation, um, you know, maybe it could include some information that's biased. Um, you know, all of these types of concerns that we have now around this technology in, in relation to how it can be used or indeed how it can be misused. But did, mm-hmm. did you get a chance to experiment with it? Yeah, I had a quick look at it because, it, of course, it pop- popped up, and it was fascinating, as you said, to see what was happening. Um, that ChatGPT was was effectively powering it. Um, again, like everybody, the red flag that you can't get rid of it unless you pay to get rid of it was was one of those things. I sort of went in to have a look at it, and one of the things I I came up with, especially in relation to the cyber safety uh, stuff that we do in schools, was this idea that one of the things that that cropped out of this actually was interesting and it came to this idea that the the ai because it's ever present uh was and is i think for everyone to realize it's an aggregator so it's just aggregating but it's able to do it at a fascinatingly quick speed 
but uh, I saw it on a video and I think it's called the AI dilemma that was out there as well after I was playing around with it. And it was effectively the AI was grooming the the young person that was on, on Snapchat. Obviously, it wasn't the young person. It was the, these grownups who were testing it. But the way that it was answering the questions, it was almost as if the AI was uh, w- w- could have been... S- labeled if you like as as a groomer because it was almost encouraging a young person to share more about themselves and and it would ask and pose a question to them to to get them to open up and share more information and and it got me thinking because I thought you know I understand why Snapchat have done this because it's topical it's going to get eyeballs it's going to get more people onto the platform but I wonder whether or not they've really thought this through and and sort of storyboarded it right to the end of this equation whereby young people have now got an ever-present body, if you want in inverted commas, ready to talk to them, there's there's a potential danger there with what it's actually saying to them in terms of what it's aggregating, in terms of thinking that it's doing the right thing by encouraging a young person to share more and almost to a point I saw some of these experiments where it was, it was taking on the role of therapist and uh, you asking it questions and it would collect data where it was almost telling people, Oh, it'll be okay. And we can do this and maybe you can work on that. And, and you're thinking there's, 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 there's two sides of that story again of the positive. You think, well, is that such a bad thing? Cause maybe people need that, but then are we leaning on it too much in this early, early stages? And that's why I think it's you know really important for us to talk about this is that we haven't necessarily got the full infrastructure in place to deal with this. So it was, it was fascinating to, to test it. It was slightly worrying, a little bit scary in terms of how quickly you could see some of the negative scenarios unfolding when you put AI onto such a massively popular platform like Snapchat. Indeed. And you give children and young people access to it mm. who maybe don't have the, um, you know, the, the education around it, uh, the experience uh, of, of using it, but also how to, to spot some of the, the risks and the concerns potentially in and around some of the responses that it is generating. And I think that's in itself very worrying. And you raise a number of really important points. Um, and, and, and that, I suppose, is, is what we're talking about in this episode. It seems to be this race to get this technology out, Barry, as quick as possible. It's like first to market. It's like the new gold rush. Just yeah. get it out as quickly as you can. And they're not really putting um, stabilizers uh, on it. They're not really putting boundaries around it. Now, I know that, when, and I, I, I know the example that you referred to because I seen that YouTube video and it was very interesting. Um, and mm. I think since then, um, Snapchat have tried to put some boundaries around those types of things, but but in all, in some cases that's too late. Um, you, yeah. you really need to be doing that before you roll that out, or potentially rolling that out to a smaller group of people. And it's back to that digital transformation that we talk about in this podcast so many times. That if you get this wrong, it's going to fail horribly, uh, and it's going to fail <laughs> miserably. And any form of transformation within your company or your organization needs to be managed, uh, and you almost need to phase it in, maybe with a small group of people first to see how people um, people feel about it, to see how they, they interact with it, but also to take that feedback that you're getting and refine it before 
a larger rollout. And in this case, it seemed to be, right, okay, we've tested it with a small group of paying customers. That must be okay. Let's push the button. <laughs> and, stick uh, it out there. <laughs> yeah, and stick it out there and see what's going to happen. And we have ChatGPT. We have Google now who are in with Google Bard. We're seeing lots more examples of more and more companies starting to use um, AI in particular as a way to handle various aspects of their business. And and I think, and I know you think as well, it needs to be done correctly and it needs to be managed. Yeah, it does, because I think this sort of leads into the next bit of this discussion that the the speed at which this is happening is perhaps what's causing some of these scenarios to unfold because I fully agree that the proof of concept approach is is a much better way of, of doing this the snapchat example for, for sure but within an individual business is proof of concepting it testing it and, and putting it to test within the boundaries of your environment whatever that is whether it's a business whether in snapchat's perspective it's you know global audience and then gather that data and then make some some recommendations on that because it, it definitely seems like at the moment is the case of right chat gbt is available how can i build it into my technology platform how can i build a service around it how can i use it how can i use it great i've got this little bit of an idea build it put it out there and, and we'll just test it on the run and you know you and i both know that there is a time and a place for that for sure um, but i don't think that we as a society have really thought through the multiple end goals and games that could happen as a result of um, things like ChatGPT being just made freely available to the, the tweens and teens uh, without some guidelines. And, and we know for a fact from the work that we do within schools and with mums and dads and families that, that there's, a, there's a massive disconnect at the moment. And therefore, there isn't the infrastructure, even within a family unit in some cases, of how to use um, you know, Snapchat and TikTok, let alone ChatGPT. Uh, and so we, we, we seem to be jumping the gun again. And what, what I can see happening is that the tweens and teens will get hold of this and they'll think this is amazing and quite rightly so. And then they will take it to another level um, and it will put mum and dad even further behind. That That's one of my worries that came out of this because I was also reading that ChatGPT has just launched its code interpreter as well. And so they've just dropped that uh, and it's effectively out there and it can now take on, uh, you know, a massive massive amounts of data within a spreadsheet and so forth, and then spit it out as code. It can start to uh, produce reports and whatnot around multitudes of data that you plug into it. So it's it's changing the, the game already for content creators. We've covered that at, at nauseum, but it's now also getting into things like programming and development and that side of things. And it's moving so, so quickly um, that I wonder how prepared we are for it. Yeah, and, and, and this is the importance of these conversations. This is the importance of starting to actually think about it and the impact that it's going to have. And there's no doubt, Barry, we've, we we talk about this all the time. There are loads of positives when it comes to mm -hmm. technology. I mean, you and I are big, big ambassadors for positive use of technology. We we love it. I mean, it's one of the, the, the key messages that we echo in our works uh, in schools, you know, positive and responsible use of technology. But we have to make sure that the technology that's coming down the tracks and the train is speeding down the tracks, we just have to make sure that it is managed, it is rolled out, um, and whatever impact it has on society, we we are we, we try to be aware of that as much as possible instead of sleepwalking uh, into um, what 
you know, it tends to be happening. Um, and then there are all sorts of problems. And then we are trying to figure out the solutions to those problems. And it's interesting that this morning on Sky News, um, Elon Musk, uh, you know, they have criticized him as being wrong to call for a pause in the development of AI, warns a new report. And it's interesting, this is a, a report by the UK's Chartered Institute for IT. Um, and what they have said is that AI could uh, be transform, transformative, transformative, Transformative. 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 I, I'm struggling today with my words. Um, I don't know what's going on with me. Um, it could be transformative uh, in medical diagnostics, uh, climate science and productivity. And interestingly, those are, you know, really important areas at the moment, you know, medical diagnostics. You know, if you think of the waiting lists in hospitals here in the UK alone is huge. So if we can start to use technology, particularly in particular AI as a way of helping with the screening process. And I know there's some of that already going on, but imagine that at scale. Imagine how that may be able to, now I'm not saying for one moment, you know, replace radiographers. I'm not saying replace doctors. It's really important to clarify that. But if we can get the technology there to help sort of reduce some of these huge waiting lists that we're seeing in hospitals, then that can be a good thing. That can be a positive thing. If we think about, about you know, things like global warming and we think of the climate issues that we're experiencing, then that potentially can be a good thing. And then we see the productivity. Um, and what they're calling for is regulation, uh, first and foremost, rather than curtailing its development. Uh, they feel, uh, the UK's Chartered Institute of IT, that regulation is probably going to be more helpful than curtailing. Yeah, but I think the problem with that is that it's moving too fast for regulation to keep up, uh, as we've seen, you know, previously with technology and and even in the 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 current internet world and keeping children safer online. The regulations to to help that happen are way way behind the curve, and by the time things get through all of the red tape, um, it's almost irrelevant. You know that it's changed again, and this is where I think that uh, I'm 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 leaning towards. Elon's side of this in terms of needing to slow it down um, and and actually think about storyboarding this out to the end because I don't think anybody's done that and, and this is where the the advancements in medical absolutely phenomenal and 100% required but in opening that door to allow that to happen we also open the door for people to misuse it and that's already happening and it's already you know we, we detailed that in a couple of episodes ago how things are going wrong using this channel and i don't think that um you know regulation is going to stop that there needs to just be a slowdown in actual pace of the kind of uh of development unless we can come up with a way of only allowing positive development but again i think that's you know me me in la la land <laughs> thinking that that could be the case yeah we're, we're, we're always going to have the bad actors um we're always going to have no doubt the people who will misuse it and we've ever we, we've already seen some of the uh, impact, particularly in around cybercrime and its mm. use of this type of technology. And interestingly enough, the consumer watchdog in the UK has also launched a review of the AI market. So we're starting to see more of these um, organizations, uh, watchdogs, really starting to go, right, okay, we, we need to take a look at this. And as you rightly said a couple of moments ago, Barry, it's moving that fast. And, and that has always been the challenge in the online safety space, as you well know. Yes, yes, let's call for more regulation. But the technology, the platforms, the apps, it, you know, even children and young people's use of social media, it changes 
all the time that any law that you try to get passed, any regulation that you start uh, to try and put in place, as you know, is going to be out of date before it's even signed off um, by the uh, by the, the the governments or indeed uh, the different legislators around the world. So it's certainly going to be a space that we're very keen to keep an eye on. We're very keen to sort of watch, explore. And, and it leads us into where we are with Cobabble, with our own platform. I mean, we are constantly having conversations with potential clients. We're always looking for new ways to develop, you know, new features within the platform um, and, and, and new ways that the end user ultimately can benefit from how Cobabble can help within their business or their organization. And for us, the testing of new features is so important. It is. It's absolutely crucial. And I think it's also really important for us and, and maybe it's part of my bias in this in terms of slowing things down is that we also have to consider the today and for a lot of our our target audience for for who Cobabble could help it's the business today that already has certain things in place and whilst they might be looking towards the future and what AI could do and feed all of the technology that could be in place we've also got to attend to today uh, and whilst we are you know quite quite aggressively going to build into Cobabble, we're also very much focused on helping businesses with the issues they've got today, which is taking an analog process and turning it into a digital one, which when you put it into the grand scheme of things seems so basic. And yet it's so required because we've still got so many businesses that are are paper and pen based that are still doing things where data is being lost or or manipulated outside of, uh, of, of the technology or, or just not being captured uh, and and again, it, it sounds like, well, when we're talking about AI and how it's systemizing this and systemizing that and almost thinking for us, we're still talking about just bringing businesses from pen and paper to to, to the to the laptop and, and the cloud. Um, and the answer to that question is yes. And so I think it's really, really important for us to be cognizant of that, that we have to uh, address the the now as well as looking into the future. And it's something that we're very, very aware of with with our platform. But I think that it's a case of uh, we, we have to do this as well when we're talking to potential clients to say, you know what, yes, that kind of integration is possible. Yes, this kind of integration is is uh, is feasible as long as the other parties is open to it. But then we have to ask them the question: how how business critical is that? Because there is, uh, in many cases, still a lot of development work that has to go on around those integrations. And when a client looks at it retrospectively, they go, "Actually, yeah, that's kind of on the wish list. Actually, the 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 main things, the business critical things, are A, B, and C, uh, and the platform covers that for now. Let's gather in place. Once that's in place and it's sorted that problem, then we can start thinking about the future uh, and what else we need it to do." Uh, and and I think this is important for a lot of our, maybe our target audience to think about as well, because we've seen it uh, on the ground as this paralysis, I'm struggling with my, my words now, I need some more coffee, <laughs> paralysis by analysis, where they, they look at what it can do, and then they look at all the things it can't do. And that's not just with Cobabble, it's with everything. And then they start to focus on the can't do's, and oh, I wish it could do this, and I wonder if it could do that, and I wonder if it could do that. Not thinking, you know, what, we could get this in place, we could solve so many of our pending issues right now with the technology as it is and then we can look at moving forwards and thinking about how we can maybe um, leverage machine learning within our business to, to streamline some of the the data streams that are there uh, and make use of that data or how we can link 
all of our systems together so that we have a complete picture of what's going on in the business. Kind of how we, you know, we used to do for businesses 10 years ago when we both were running our digital marketing agencies. And it was about bringing all of that data together so you could see what was happening and that you, you didn't have to rely on analog data of, of, of the old school PR company saying, well, uh, 150 million people drive past this, this particular area of the road. And it's like, yeah, but are they looking at my ad? I don't know. And you don't know either. And digital allowed us to change that. And now we're moving into the next step and the web 3.0 and all of that kind of stuff. But there's still so many people and so many businesses still at the beginning of their web 2.0 journey, if you like. And uh, I think that's also a big part of what we want to do with the digitized diaries and, and indeed with CoBabble is to help in the transition of analog to digital, uh, but also to help people uh, see what's out there. And as we've said a few times, but perhaps not on this episode so far, is that this is meant to be a safe space, you know, that there's by no means that Wayne and I know everything about it. There's plenty of people out there that have vast amounts of experience and what's going on. And we'd love to hear from them uh, and selfishly ask them questions, but also have them share some of their expertise uh, in their in their journey with digital transformation and whether that's within a company or whether that's an external consultant that's offering those services. And that's exactly why we're having these conversations. And this is episode seven. It's to bring people together. It's to talk more about digital transformation. It's to share our you know, journey. Uh, and again, I'm bringing back to my trip to Brussels over the past two weekends. Uh, one of the big thing was we were talking about Web 1.0, we were talking about Web 2.0, and now we're talking about Web 3.0, which is the virtual worlds. And one of my observations on that trip in particular was, and we mentioned this earlier on, many people still struggle with technology. Um, how do we mm. make the technology more user-friendly? But also, how do we bring, and this is really important for me, and I know this is important for you, Barry, how do we bring people along on the journey? Um, how, do we, how, do we, how do we help them embrace this form of transformation and how it can help their business? And, and that's one of the things that we're really focusing on with CoBabble. We've created this platform as a very simple to use platform so that you can take those more analog processes within your business and you can digitize them. So if you've got checklists that you need to be carrying out, if you've got audits that you need to be completing, um, if you want your employees to be picking up and reporting real-time issues and concerns and faults, well, you know what? You can do that through CoBabble. They can do that through the handy smartphone app that we've created and they can make that more of a digitize uh, experience where they're not having to pull out a piece of paper, they're not having to go and find a pen, um, they're not having to, to, to jot down this information. They can simply complete that audit on the phone. And if there is a particular fault, they can record a 60 second video or they can take up to five photographs and they can report that to the person that is responsible. And I'm speaking to one company right now and they think that is going to be a game changer for them because a lot of the issues and the problems and in some cases the faults actually don't get reported, Barry, because people can't find the, the form. People can't find a pen and it goes, oh yeah, I'll do that later on. I'll do that later on. But if you've spotted that problem there and then, you're going to have your smartphone in your pocket or there's going to be a tablet nearby and you're going to be able to report that fault and you're going to be able to alert somebody to that. And that is going to help, no doubt, within that business or organization. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we're looking forward to seeing that happening. But um, I think from, from, from that side of things, um, was there anything else that you wanted to cover off on this episode, Wayne, when it comes to this race into AI? 
Well, it's really just for people to start to consider where we're going with it, um, how fast it's moving. And I think that's important for everybody. There's no doubt in my mind that there is going to be much, much more integration of AI into all uh, aspects of our society. Some of those are going to be good. Some of those are inherently going to have problems and there's going to be concerns. But I think it's really important to go back to that point where we can't simply just sleepwalk into this. Um, we've got to be awake. We've got to be thinking about it. We've got to be uh, opening our ears uh, and opening our, our eyes to what's going on around us. And if we have concerns, then we need to raise those concerns. But I think as a society, we absolutely need to be talking about it more. And I'm delighted that we have this space here within the Digitized Diaries to talk about some of these particular topics, to make people a little bit more aware of them, but also to encourage dialogue, which you and I know is really, really important. So if you're listening into this podcast uh, on the replay uh, and you would like to get involved, you'd like to share your input, your opinion, you'd like to have uh, a discussion with us on some of the topics that we talk about in the podcast, then please do reach out and get in touch. And of course, we're doing these on LinkedIn audio rooms. We do LinkedIn lives and we also do the good old fashioned pre-record podcast. But today we're back on LinkedIn audio room. So I think it's another fantastic conversation today, Barry. And if anybody does want to find any more information out about anything we've discussed today, please do check out the show notes of the podcast. If you'd like to find out a little bit more information about CoBabble, uh, simply just stop by CoBabble.com. We've got a, a great website up there that'll tell you a little bit more about how the platform works and how it might be able to help within your business or organization. And of course, if you'd like to have a demonstration or a conversation about that, please do reach out to myself or Barry, and we'd be delighted to have that conversation with you. But any last words from you, Barry, before we wrap up this episode of the podcast? Uh, no, just I think to echo your messaging there, we're open to conversations all the time. You and I love to talk, <laughs> sometimes too much, uh, but it's through those conversations that uh, we identify requirements, we see uh, how we can potentially help. Uh, we broaden the knowledge uh, within industries and across industries, both for our clients, but also for us as well. Uh, so just to re-echo that message, please do get involved. If this, you're hearing this on the replay, find us on LinkedIn, drop us a message uh, and maybe join us on the next one. Absolutely. And those who have joined us here today, Astrid, thank you so much for sticking around. We hope you found uh, the podcast interesting. Do connect with us on LinkedIn and hopefully we'll see you next time around for another episode of the Digitize Diaries. Thanks for listening into this episode of the Digitized Diaries with your hosts, Wayne and Barry. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation and deep dive and today's learnings can help growth for you and your business. Don't forget to hit the subscribe so you get notified when the next episode is available. See you next time.